From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The left is gleeful tonight because Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, has had to declare bankruptcy because of the lawfare that's been waged against them. And what is lawfare? Lawfare is abusing the legal system, which, by the way, there are a lot of rules and even laws against doing that are never enforced, at least not against the left. Abusing the legal system to try to bankrupt someone. The Justice Department does this themselves. That's why they have a 96% conviction rate. They're corrupt top to bottom. What they do is they overcharge people. And based on the indictment they received, and you can indict a ham sandwich in the great words of Saul Wackler, the New York State Court of Appeals Justice, because the government gets to tell its side of the story and the grand jury never gets to hear from the defense. So hearing a one-sided story, it's only natural that reasonable people would say, yeah, it makes sense. It looks like there's enough there to have a trial on because the grand jury is always looking to wash its hands of the affair. They're basically Punch's pilot. They only reject the most egregious abuses of state power. And here in New York State, they don't even reject those. Sure, have a trial. Let it let them let them sort it out at trial. Give the defense, give the defense's day in court. And based on the indictment, DOJ will then go and freeze all of the defendant's assets. Can't sell your house, can't sell your car, can't withdraw any money from the bank because they don't want you to be able to pay your lawyer. So it's a completely one-sided transaction. They have all the power, you have none. And unless you're phenomenally rich like Donald Trump or uh, some of the other people, you know, our, our good friend, Dr. Eric had to spend over a million dollars, had to sell his house, had to sell his boat. But luckily he had things to sell when the government sued him for half a trillion dollars. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Half a trillion dollars, $500 billion they sued him for selling vitamin D. All it is is an attempt to abuse people, abuse their rights, all under the color of law. That's why it's called lawfare. And that's what they did against Rudy Giuliani. The charges don't have merit. But it bankrupted him. And as I said, the left is gleeful tonight. Well, I hope they enjoy this evening because they're not going to enjoy the next year. Next year is going to be very difficult for them unless they take the JFK option against Donald Trump, which is my greatest fear. And I, I hope and pray that that does not happen. But at this point, that's all they have left in their demonic bag of tricks. People are waking up. The left has overstepped the mark. They've overplayed their hand so significantly. I've said all along that hubris would be their downfall, and I meant it. They have exposed themselves for the charlatans that they are. Nothing they say is true. They pervert language to tip it on its head, calling <laughs> calling one of the most anti-democratic things ever done in the history of this country trying to prevent a candidate from appearing on the ballot easily, easily. One of the most anti-democratic things this country has ever experienced. And they say they're doing it to save democracy. Well, we're on to their tricks. And it's not just those on the right who have been awake and paying attention for years or in some cases, decades. No, normies are waking up. Regular people, workaday, Joe Sixpack and, and Jane lunchbox. People are waking up. People in the ghetto are waking up. People in the suburbs are waking up. People everywhere are waking up, which is why the executive suites in this country are manic and in a panic. That's what this next year is going to be. They're almost out of options. Almost all of the ways that they cheat have been exposed and curtailed, we won't be seeing 2,000 mules in 2024. 
We won't be seeing ballot boxes stuffed. We won't be seeing polling places shut down under false pretenses like Atlanta's was due to a water main break, which turned out to be a leaky faucet in a urinal in the men's room that had been fixed that morning. No. All of the ballot harvesting, the illegal ballot harvesting, is going to be shut down, and they're going to have a really hard time stealing this next election. It's gotten to the point where even Democrats are starting to go to jail. In Lawrence, Massachusetts today, people were arrested for illegally voting in a local election. And granted, that's just a local election. It happened again downstate here in New York in an off year. There was a Democrat elected for illegally voting, but the tide is turning. Slowly but surely, the truth is coming out, and it's going to come in a wave that is going to be unprecedented since at least 1984. I think it will rival the Nixon 1972 re-election in the Reagan 1984 election when Donald Trump is re-elected. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, then visit the What's On Events calendar on TNT Radio website. Stay in touch on TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Wednesday, the Biden administration said it is appropriating $600 million as grants to fund thousands of, quote-unquote, environmental justice projects across the country. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Well, it is almost Christmas time, so we got to hurry up with those gifts to all our lobbying friends, right? Right. Uh, because you just know there's a lot of... Um, well, I could think of a million inappropriate words here, but uh, yeah, some favors going on here. Uh, party favors, we'll call them. Um, this is uh, a grant making program that was created by President Joe Biden's so-called completely wrongly named what on earth was he thinking Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> and it is expected uh, to make it easier and faster. That's right. Safe and effective for, quote, small community based organizations and, quote, to tap into federal, quote unquote, environmental justice funding over the next three years. This is according to word salad uh, master herself, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, OK, so apparently in a press call, the vice president said the following, quote, these grants could help a nonprofit in, say, Atlanta monitor air pollution levels or help a middle school in Indian country create a summer program to teach young leaders about environmental science, end quote. Uh, what, what? OK, uh, uh, under the plan, the six hundred million dollars will go to 11 national and regional so-called, quote unquote, grant makers which will work with the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, to issue sub-grants to fund a range of different environmental projects, such as small local cleanups, local disaster resilience programs, quote, environmental workforce development programs, end quote, uh, as, long, as well as, I'm sorry, air quality and asthma-related projects, quote, unquote, healthy homes programs, and projects projects that address illegal dumping. Uh, among the grant makers are New York's Fordham University and Texas Southern University. Each will be given $50 million for distribution, except for North Carolina's Research Triangle Institute, who's been extra good this year. They will receive $100 million to serve as both a regional and national grant maker. <laughs> Vice President Harris said, Quote, these organizations will be able to review and approve grant applications faster, end quote. She added that they are run by people who, quote, live and work in the communities they serve and are, quote, uniquely well positioned to ensure these grants make a real impact, end quote. The $600 million plan is threatened, however, threatened by a Republican-backed bill that would, among other things, rescind $9.4 billion in funding allocated for the EPA under the Inflation Reduction Act. That bill, H.R. 4821, passed the Republican majority House in early November, 
By a 213 to 203 vote, the overall bill would provide a $25.4 billion budget for the Interior Department, EPA, and some related federal agencies, which would be $13.4 billion less than or 35% below the level enacted for fiscal year 2023. Under the bill, the Interior Department would be funded at $14.3 billion slicing its budget by 677 million the epa budget would be brought down to 6.2 billion dollars by a steep cut of nearly 40 percent the legislation would also block epa regulations on greenhouse gases from power plants and cars it would require oil and gas lease sales and would block the waters of the united states rule which more broadly defines which types of waterways are eligible for federal water quality protections so Three Republicans, that would be rep- all Republicans, of course. Um, sorry, uh, Representatives Brian Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, Marcus Molinaro from New York, and Mike Lawler from New York voted against the bill. Representative Vicente Gonzalez Jr., a Democrat from Texas, was the sole Democrat who voted in favor. Uh, regardless, uh, of course, Brandon, President Biden, has vowed to veto the bill if it was sent to him for signature, claiming that its passage would result in, quote, unacceptable harm to clean energy and energy efficiency initiatives that lower energy costs and other critical investments in rural America, end quote. Yeah, right. So uh, the White House has officially said that, quote, if the president were presented with H.R. 4821, he would veto it, end quote. So there we are, Timothy. What do you think about this one? Well, first of all, what was he thinking with the Inflation Reduction Act? He was thinking what every Democrat thinks every day, that today is opposite day. So, of course, everything is opposite of what Democrats say it is. If it's the Inflation Reduction Act, it is, of course, the Inflation Increase Act. And that's what that act is about. And in terms of environmental justice, there's no such thing as environmental justice. There's justice under law, period full stop, end of conversation. If it's not justice under law, it's injustice. So, you know, the old call and shout or call and response that that people do, musicians do from the stage, right? You know, when I say, when I say justice, you say, so when I say justice, you think racism, because that's what it all boils down to. It all boils down to racism against whites. Anything that comes under the rubric of justice, whether it's social justice, whether it's environmental justice, whether it's economic justice, any justice that isn't justice under law is just racism. That's all it boils down to. And again, Democrats are trying to divide us. They don't want anything like professional sports that bring us together as a people apart from our political differences, which in the greater scheme of things, for most people, our political differences are, are very, very slight right? Okay, you want a 25% tax rate. I want a 15% tax rate. You know, it's not like we're saying, well, we want to take 100% of your income. And the other side is saying, you're not going to get any of our income, right? So we're just nibbling around the edges on most policy preferences. So the divisions aren't nearly as wide a chasm as they would have us believe. And anything that unites us apart from those differences, things like, oh, I don't know, fireworks on the 4th of July, parades on the 4th of July, flying the American flag. Our FBI now considers flying the American flag on your own property an indicator that you might be a domestic terrorist. Think about that. And Democrat voters, the lunatics on the left, they see a flag as an act of violence, flying a flag is an act of violence against my community. Whatever happened to sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Come on, these people wake up in the morning triggered, just looking for something to blame their anxiety on. It's got to come to an end. We have to stop being a society that although we protect minority rights, We've got to be a society that stops catering to the weakest among us, to stop catering to the lowest common denominator, to stop allowing the tail to wag the dog.
Timothy, you're you're kind of keen on history. Can you remind me exactly how many times in history did uh, a was a battle or a war won by the men standing up and screaming terrible insults at each other? How many of them died? <laughs> None. Yeah, and all right. of them. Yeah. No yeah. wars. All of them died. And guess yeah, what? Exactly. Adam? Guess what? No wars have been won by men in pumps and pink tutus either. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, usually not. Um, yeah. So this this idea, like I was starting to think like we were all taught we were we were raised correctly, I believe uh, that. Yeah, that that old adage sticks and stones may break my bones. Words will never hurt me. It was a good way to 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 fight back against bullies if you were being bullied yeah. and then, you know, and it made you stronger um, and it learned you, you know, there, it's it was it's a good adage. And I and I wish we could go back to that. But I, I was starting to suspect that maybe that was just a lie that adults were telling children because the grownups currently in 2023 seem to act as if that's a reality. And, you know, I'm being silly well, if you'll because notice. it's not. Yeah, if you'll notice, parents aren't saying that to their children these days. And, and Adam, maybe that's one of our problems as a society. Thanks for another great story. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Plug in. Website. tntradio.live. Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. We've got some breaking news here on The Reckoning. You're hearing it for the first time. The state of Alabama and 18 other states, including Alaska, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming have filed a brief amicus curiae, meaning a friend of the court brief, to prevent the out-of-control, extra-legal, completely partisan Jack Smith from accelerating Donald Trump's persecution in federal court. The issue is that now that the state of Colorado has moved to take Trump off the ballot, that the Supreme Court is going to hear the case Arguments are going to be in March and April, and the result, the opinion, won't be given until the end of June. The Supreme Court opinions on cases that they hear from October to May are written and presented in June before they break in July for the summer. Jack Smith is trying to accelerate Trump's persecution. He wants the trial moved up so that Trump doesn't appear on primary ballots, okay? Now, to its credit, the Colorado GOP said that if this ruling is allowed to stand, that they will abandon the primary entirely. So, you know, God bless Ron disappoints us and neocon Nikki. You're gonna be running in a primary that isn't going to even be held because Colorado is going to go to a caucus system much like Iowa has. So. These 19 states have stood up and said, no, we 
as states run our federal elections. Every state. We don't have a federal election. We have 50-plus federal elections, right? Because there are, are federal elections that are even held in Puerto Rico, Guam, Mariana Islands, etc. It's a collection of individual elections, and under the Constitution, each state legislature, which is why Pennsylvania violated the Constitution in the 2020 election by allowing a judge to set the election law, not the legislature, the state legislatures run the elections. And so these 19 attorneys general have filed a brief with the court, a friend of the court brief, saying our interests need to be protected. You, Supreme Court, under our federal system, and what does federalism mean? Federalism means that there's a national government, but that each state retains its own government over its own affairs. And that's why conservatives believe that the government that touches you locally is most important in that we should push down funding as far as possible, right? The federal government shouldn't spend any money that could be better spent by the states. The state government shouldn't spend any money that could be better spent by the counties, and the counties shouldn't spend any money that couldn't be better spent by the local towns and municipalities, right? Why? Because our local government representatives are more responsive to us. A lot of times we grew up with them, right? I went to grammar school and high school with John Katko, who was our congressman for three terms. And our congressman before him had worked for my father and was our neighbor out to the lake. And so was his father. And, and my father's best friend was our congressman. So we had a lot of access to our congressman since the 1970s. Not everybody does, but you do have access to your state senator. You do have access to your state legislator, whether it's a delegate in Virginia or an assemblyman here in New York or a representative in other states, whatever they're called. Your lower body member, you have direct access to him. He's got a local office that you can drive to. You can meet him at local events. They're much more in touch with the people. Good luck getting your United States Senator on the phone ever. But your state Senator, you can meet your state Senator and engage with them and, and try to influence the way he's looking at events that matter to you. All this to be said, states matter in our federal system. That's why it's called a federal system. That's what federalism means, that states matter. And so good on these 19 states. I'd like to direct your attention, though, to which states filed this brief. Alabama. We know Alabama is a good conservative state. Alaska. Alaska has been reliably Republican, too, even though it elects Republicans like Lisa Murkowski from time to time. Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, Wyoming, all reliably Republican states. Where's North Carolina? Where's New York and then all of New England? Where's Ohio? How Ohio missing from this greatly disappoints me. Where is Ohio? Where are a lot of the other states? We know that a state like California or New York or New Jersey is never going to step up for the rule of law. Delaware, Maryland, these states. But Pennsylvania missing is interesting because I expected more from the Pennsylvania state legislature, especially what was done in that state in 2020. So as important as the states that filed this brief are, it's even more important to keep your eyes on the states that didn't join this brief. What is their agenda? What are they up to? And what are they? What wool are they trying to pull over your eyes? We'll have more after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Great news. The news. We have news. Great news. Great news. Great news. Great news, my friends. Yeah. 
Listen. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A former clerk to the U.S. Supreme Court has predicted that the High Court will likely overturn the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to disqualify former President Donald Trump from appearing on Colorado's 2024 ballots. A tragic mass shooting occurred at Charles University in Prague, resulting in 10 deaths and over 30 injuries. The incident unfolded around 3 p.m., with a lone gunman reportedly targeting individuals from atop a faculty building. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Dr. Ben Tapper is a chiropractor and expert in epigenetics in the wellness model slash paradigm. Graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic, he has studied vaccinations and adverse events to them for over 20 years and has lectured on those topics for the past decade. He's the executive producer of The Time Is Now and the director of epigenetics for The Wellness Company. You can find him at Dr. Ben Tapper numeral one on X and at the website, twc.health. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning for the first time, Dr. Ben Tapper. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's great to be here. Ben, people know what chiropractic is and what chiropractors do, but why don't you explain epigenetics for those that have never heard about that? So basically, epigenetics is, is a wellness model that really focuses on lifestyle. I mean, we had, our body adapts its physiology to meet the load it's under and the choices we make have an end result. And so in other words, our level of health is a genetic expression of how we eat, move, think, pray, and relate. And so it's, you know, we blame pathology on genetics, like, you know, let's say one to 2% of um, pathology can be, uh, can blame genetics like Down syndrome or cystic fibrosis. But if we don't have a, a genetic pathology, we have an epigenetic disease and that's due to poor lifestyle choices or toxicities and deficiencies. And really epigenetics is all about your level of health as a continuum. So we, you are either moving towards health and wellness for sickness and disease and the choices is, is yours. And so that's what epigenetics is in a, in a nutshell. Ben, that sounds dangerously like you're recommending diet and exercise. You're not telling me that <laughs> sitting on a couch and munching bag after bag of Cheetos is a poor decision, right. are you? Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's There's no money in, in lifestyle. And that's why Big Pharma never promotes it. I mean, what a shame during Corona Baloney. We had an a glorious opportunity to really teach the masses yeah. what it means to be healthy. But instead, we're saying, hey, go get free donuts, go get free beer to roll up your sleeve. And that's the problem. We need to have a paradigm shift when it comes to health. And really, it's 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 about 80 to 90 percent of chronic disease can be eradicated by making healthier choices. It really can. We haven't talked before, but my background is in biology. And the thing that amazed me the most of all of all the cons, and I, I saw what was going on very early days when they started breathlessly touting the R naught value, right? Which is the calculation of how many people got sick out of how many people were exposed. When we had no test to determine if the reason you're sick is the new virus instead of just the cold or flu, and we had absolutely no way to even estimate how many people had been exposed to the virus. So the calculation itself was absurd on its face. And yet every single night on the evening news, they would breathlessly tout it and gin up panic using the R naught value. And then they moved on to other things. But of, of all these stupidities during the CoronaCon, the masking issue, the social distancing, the plexiglass, it, the, you, you had to stand with a plexiglass uh, sheet in between you and the cashier <laughs> But there was no plexiglass sheet behind you to the cashier right. who was 18 inches to the to the back of you. But nothing, nothing astounded me and quite frankly depressed me more than having doctors, medical professionals who were supposedly experts saying that natural immunity wasn't going to protect you, that only this mod RNA injection would protect you from the disease, which, of course, turned out to be another lie. Right. You know, that's the thing. I, I always pose the question, 
I mean, I never wore a mask during the whole pandemic. I came in close proximity with hundreds of patients every week. And that poses the question, I'm still here. I'm unvaccinated, never received a vaccine in my life. And I mean, how many people do I have to see? How many violations do I have to break before this whole contagion claim is mathematically impossible? And what am I doing right? Why? I mean, why? Thank the Lord. Why haven't I gotten sick? And so, I mean, it, it, you know, it raises the question, you know, it's, it's, is this whole thing dead, as deadly as they claim? Well, Ben, I actually did wear a mask every time I was required to wear a mask. <laughs> this is the mask I wore. A very good friend of mine made this for me out of millinery netting. And because ridicule is our most potent weapon, I adhered to the letter of the law, if not exactly the spirit. Right. And so I right. would wear this and and just totally mock people. And when they say, you can't wear that, that doesn't work. I said, guess what? This works as well as that piece of paper, or that piece of cloth you've got on. So just exactly. take the mask off. Let me see your beautiful face. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you try to use it as a teachable moment, using humor to get through to people. Exactly right. Does the mask, I mean, stop viruses? I mean, I always say, does the hog fence keep out mosquitoes? Right. I yeah. mean, and so it's it's one of those things. It doesn't work. It's just there. To, it was there to set the stage for the vaccine. And we all know that now in hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But, you know, the mask doesn't make any sense. If you look at the Association for Physicians and Surgeons, they, they put out so many different articles that talk about these masks were never meant to stop a virus. And we shouldn't fear disease the way the media touts it. I mean, the, you know, fear sells and, they, and Pfizer and Moderna, AstraZeneca, they know that. That's why they push through the media, this fear mongering campaigns to scare the people, to coerce them. And so fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. And we shouldn't have to give in to fear. Absolutely not. And I noticed in your description of epigenetics, which which primarily boils down to go for a walk and only shop the exterior walls of your grocery store, because that's where you're going to find Thank the good, you. healthy, nutritious food. You snuck prayer in there. Prayer is mm. such an important element to health, not just spiritual health, but mental and yeah. emotional and physical health, isn't it? Tell us about some Amen. of the studies that, that contrasted people who have a prayer for life and people who don't. Well, I mean, there's four main pillars of, of health, and faith is one of the main pillars, if not the most important pillar. Um, you know, during the pandemic, they said there's nothing you can do naturally. Well, what about prayer? What about hope? That's, you know, hope is the most powerful drug there is. But, you know, there's been studies that link that there was a study that was done that people that just had prayer or prayed over, they had a 30% increase in better um, outcomes than those that didn't receive prayer. A 30% increase just by prayer alone. And so that speaks uh, wonders in itself right there. I mean, especially if you think well, th you know, your thoughts can change your physiology, and it really does make a big difference. Your thoughts can change your world. And literally, there's a mountain of literature that talk about your thoughts play a role in your level of health. So we need to think well. Thoughts turn into words. Words turn into actions. Actions turn into character. And character is our destiny. We need to be careful what we think about. Zig Ziglar said, if you knew the power of your thoughts, you'd have, never have a negative thought again. So there's faith. There's fitness. That's another pillar. We need to move. We need to move well. Uh, most people are sedentary more than ever before. And then there's there's function. We need to function well, you know, and, and then there's food. We need to to eat well. You know, our food is nutritionally bankrupt anymore. It's highly processed. The food is, I love what you said about the exterior walls of the grocery store, because most of the food is, is processed. It's, it is designed to look better, smell better, taste better, but it's nutritionally bankrupt. And we need to understand that food, we need to get back to the true farm to table and really consider about uh, consider what we were putting to our body. Food can be the best form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. It can. And I want to get into the poison aspects after this break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Hello, all you lovers of good weather. This is your climate and weather watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi. And of course, we're in the holiday season. Everybody is happy. There's world peace all over the place. The climate issue has been solved. Maybe it hasn't been solved. Anybody remember that old Steve Martin routine? Steve Martin is an American comedian where he goes, you can be a millionaire and not have to pay taxes. That's right. Two simple ways to become a millionaire and not pay taxes. Number one, make a million dollars. Number two, whenever someone comes up to you, say, I forgot to pay my taxes. Two simple ways of doing things. I was thinking about that. That is such a simplistic approach. Now, when I look at the climate spokespeople, specifically, let's say AOC, she was a bartender. 
All right, now of course she's a member of the US Congress. And then we had Greta Thunberg, and I put up a meme this morning on Twitter, which by the way was wrong. She actually did get out of high school. I don't know how she got out of high school because she was leading a strike every week, but she's a high school graduate. Then we have Al Gore who flunked out of divinity school, shock, <laughs> at Vanderbilt. And then of course, John Kerry with his D in geology. Now that's fascinating because at least in geology, all you need to do is look at what happened before. At least in the climate, you know, you are looking at what's happening before, but you're trying to measure it against what's happening now. And of course, meteorology, you can forget about it because that's actually trying to predict everything in the future. But the good news for you is that here is something you can make a ton of money with, climate change and you don't have to have any expertise at all. Now that should be a threat to you PhDs out there that are making your living on this because if you get a bartender and a high school graduate to become major spokesman, what does it say for that PhD in climatology? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Ben, you said that food can be our greatest medicine or the slowest poison. I got a text message from a friend today. He is a retired sergeant major in the Army. And of course, in the Army, SGT is the abbreviation for sergeant. But sergeant major, the abbreviation is SGM. So we call Kevin's our sexy guy model because he's a good looking guy who's married to this bombshell wife. And he's always been very fit, very robust. He lifts weights, you know, obviously in the infantry, he was a beast. And he went to his doctor and he had a little bit lower testosterone, but what they found was an elevated level of estrogens and estrogen-like uh, hormones in his blood. And it, it confused him and he, he got on and he said, my theory is this, that it, it, it has to do with diet and and I said, yes, it's largely because of the uh, phytoestrogenic compounds that come in. They started using soy in everything in the 1980s. You can't even get anything that's processed without some soy in it because they use right. soy oil so much and an actual soy. I said, but there's, there are hidden uh, problems as well to prevent cans from getting rusty they line them with plastic and those plastics have estrogenic type compounds and we've got them in our health our, our personal grooming products our shampoos our skin lotions our soaps even our drinking water because of women on the pill through both their urine and by dumping unused pills down the sewer eventually it makes it to our drinking water and so we're literally drinking female hormones in a lot of cities so this, these environmental estrogens, as they're called, are a massive problem. And, and how can people, particularly men, protect themselves from that? That's a great question. First of all, I don't, I don't like any plastics. There are hormone disruptors in a lot of plastics. You mentioned estrogen-based uh, chemicals and products. I mean, look at all the fragrances. I don't use any colognes. I mean, those are hormone disruptors or synthetics in the colognes. You know, using natural products at home, especially shampoos, deodorants. I don't like to use any, any antiperspirant deodorants. I use regular deodorants. Um, I use natural toothpaste. Um, and I try to, you know, if you're going to have, if you're on city water, try to use filters on every, um, on every spout in the house, every faucet. Uh, you know, get a reverse osmosis with a, you know, a structural device there at home. Uh, you know, what you put into your body matters. So we have a massive influx of phytoestrogens in our food. Like you mentioned soy. I mean, since I think it was 1996, we started modifying soy. And ever since then, we had this explosion of phytoestrogen in our foods. And so it makes a world of difference. I eliminate all soy from the diet. Um, 
you know, I should I should say all, but 95% of soy from the diatribe. If I do consume soy, it's an organic based. You know, I love um, like the soy sauce flavoring, but I do coconut aminos instead. The coconut aminos is a better source. It's an alternative source to that. Again, and getting, uh, knowing where your food comes from. You know, I get, I know uh, everything I have in my house, all the meat, you know, I usually hunt for the meat or I have a good buddy. If I want beef, I buy a cow from him. So I know where the meat's coming from. But again, going and growing your own food, do the best you can at growing your own food and going back to organic type foods. Uh, it makes a big difference. But we do have an explosion of low testosterone, and that can be due to stress, high levels of stress that limits the amount of, of testosterone. And, and we have an explosion of phytoestrogen in the diet. So it's a perfect storm for a uh, war on masculinity, a war on manhood. And you have to wonder, is this deliberate? Well, I think it is deliberate. I don't think there's any question that it's deliberate. And one of the things that people don't realize, for example, talk about hormone disruptors, lavender, even though lavender natural plant. It smells wonderful, but men shouldn't use products that have lavender in it because it's a hormone disruptor and it can result in, in uh, men growing breasts, et, et cetera. And I talked about this last night with uh, Charlene Bollinger about the importance of knowing where your meat comes from, knowing your farmer, where you get your pork, your beef, your chicken, your eggs. Ideally, your your natural milk that hasn't been cooked to within an inch of its life. And in addition to that, you mentioned the importance of movement and fitness before, one of the, the four pillars of health. Our bodies respond only to challenges. If Amen. we don't challenge our bones, people think the bone is bone. No, a bone will demineralize it if it's not bearing a load, if you're not out walking. If you're not lifting weights, if you're not stressing your body physically and challenging it physically by, by doing work, whether it's running, whether it's working on a car and, and lifting boxes or some sort of physical labor, if you're not doing that, your muscles will atrophy, but your bones will demineralize. And that was one of the benefits of the space program is they got to study what happened to men's bodies in a zero gravity environment. And it wasn't good. Right. So you just explained epigenetics. I mean, you know, it's all about allostatic load. The body adapts its physiology to meet the load it's under. I mean, I play guitar all the time. So my fingers adapt and they start developing calluses at the end of the fingertips. They harden. So it allows prolong it, it gives my fingers more longevity when I play. It doesn't hurt the fingers. Same thing with muscles. I mean, we fear adversity, but through it, we grow stronger. And, you know, the, I've heard a, a, an interesting uh, concept, but the more, like if you're working out, the, the, the biggest 90% of your growth during your exercise is the last 10% of your workout. When it really, really sucks, when it really is, you know, getting gritty, that's when you benefit the most from the exercise. And we benefit by going through hard things that makes us stronger. We can either run from it and just be sedentary and not do, do anything. And that's when we grow weaker. But you're exactly right. Our body adapts its physiology. One of the biggest things for osteoporotic patients, people that have a bone, um, you know, demineralization disease or a bone softening disease, one of the greatest things they can do is start weight bearing, start doing weight bearing activities because your body will start mineralizing the bone. The bones will get stronger. And so will the rest of the body. So we, we have to go ahead. It's funny because, again, looking holistically, the more you work out, the more you, you strain your muscles, and you're exactly right, the, the 11th rep gives you much more benefit than the first 10 combined, it, it, the more testosterone your body is going to produce. So to overcome all these environmental estrogenic compounds that you're being exposed to, part of low T is the sedentariness. If, if men were using their muscles more, their bodies would be responding by producing more testosterone. Right. Right. And it, we have an epidemic of low testosterone. And again, I think that there are stresses, there's physical, chemical, and emotional stresses that play a role in that. I mean, we have more stress now than ever before. I think, you know, I, the people today, we have more literal chemical exposure than ever before. We have emotion, more emotional stresses, more spiritual stresses, and more physical stresses. We sit more than we should. And those all play a role in low testosterone. I mean, it's it's a war on manhood and masculinity. And, and again, it's deliberate. Yeah, because just look at what they're doing culturally in addition to what they've done physically. And there's absolutely a war on manhood. We can see it. We don't even need to go through examples. Everybody knows what we're talking about. 
But one of the things that's interesting is that when you talk about demineralization of bones and, and muscles atrophy and low testosterone, there's another aspect of all of this that really is, if not the root of the problem, one of the major drivers, and that's big pharma. Because big pharma isn't going to tell you to go out and start tossing bales of hay from the back of a pickup truck up into the hayloft. They're going to try to sell you a pill. And that's what we're starting to see now, all these low T ads everywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. We had, These ads shouldn't even be on the television, first of all. I mean, we're one of two countries that allows pharmaceutical advertisements on the television, and New Zealand is the other country. I mean, big pharma spends yeah. 80 times... Uh, eight, you know, 18 times more on advertisements than they do research. But, you know, they're kind of creating this problem and then they create the cure. And, you know, it, it's, it, it is an epidemic again, but big pharma knows what's going on. And it, it and they are, they're, they're, you know, the testosterone dro drugs and the hormone replacement drugs there, it's big business right now. It really is. And I'm with you. It wasn't until Bill Clinton signed the law back in, I think it was 1997 that allowed pharmaceutical companies advertise, they weren't able to do that. And right. my friends who were doctors hated it when it happened because all of a sudden, here comes the Marcus Welby syndrome, right? It used to be patients would always come in after a Marcus Welby MD show was on and they'd be complaining of the same type of symptoms as the disease of the week. But with these ads, and the ads are overt, they're not even trying to be subtle about it. Ask your doctor if a two-in-one pill is right for you. Ask your doctor right. if such and such drug is right for you. Well, these poor docs are just inundated with this now. And it's it's hard for them to say no because it's what the patients are demanding. Exactly right. It ruined the doctor-patient relationship. And that's, again, why we need to get away from this allopathic model of healthcare and into an epigenetic wellness-based model. And that is, you know, there's a time and place for allopathic care. Medicine can be life-saving at times. But again, they shouldn't be advertised on the television. We're not advertising F-150 here. We're advertising a pharmaceutical grade product. And really the patient's condition should warrant the, the prescribing of that drug. But going into a wellness-based model is really the solution. And, you know, like I said, there's a time and place for drugs and surgery. But I use the illustration of the wilted plant. You know, if you look at a wilted plant, what does a wilted plant need? You know, and a lot of these docs, they just want to cut off the leaves or medicate and vaccinate. The, really, that plant just needs water. Uh, and it can be well, and your body is no different. We just got to give the body what it needs, focus on those pillars of health, and we can be well. And, and I love the company for which you work, the wellness company. We've had a lot of doctors, fantastic doctors from your organization on, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Thorpe was on last week. We've had Dr. Makas on a few times. I'm happy to have you on tonight. So is the director of epigenetics, if epigenetics is the holistic model where you're trying to integrate good life choices with healthy activities, what role are you playing in the wellness company? What can the wellness company offer people that might be looking for a better way? Yep. So we are offering telemedicine through the wellness company. Um, we are uh, very soon we'll have that up and running for patients. I think we have some telemedicine right now through some doctors and we're really just trying to pave the way um, and fill a void right now because people are there. They have lost trust in um, in healthcare. And so, you know, true healthcare needs to come to the forefront right now. And the wellness company is fulfilling that void. Um, so we have a lot of good supplements right now. We have a spike support supplement. We have a med a med kit right now that's a big hot sellers flying off the shelves. That's just keeping people out of the hospitals right now and giving people peace of mind. Um, it has ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine in there as well, and a Z-Pack. It's just in times of emergency use and that's, you, and that's what it's there for. But uh, and my goal is to just be part of the, the team to help take the reins of this mess right now and, and bring true health to the forefront. It's so important because people really, and I think people have started realizing, I have a number of friends that say, you know what, I got to stop making bad decisions. I got to take better care of myself. I've only got one body. It's not going to last forever. I might as well get as many miles out of it as I can. And I always encourage them. It's never too late to start, is it? Amen. I mean, Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to start. You just got to start to be great. And knowing too that and believing that you can be well, you know, it doesn't matter what your diagnosis is or whatever circumstance you're in, your body's ability to be well, to heal itself is far greater than anyone, including our government and Dr. Fauci and wannabe Dr. Bill Gates has permitted you to believe we can be well, just don't become your diagnosis.
That's exactly right. In fact, it's it, our immune system. Immunology was one of the favorite subjects I studied. Our immune system is is truly a miracle. It's it's a wonder of nature, and it too only works if it's challenged. Which is why I would always have my children out playing in the dirt. You know, we can bathe the dirt off, but they need to get into that rich biome and have their immune systems challenged so that it's robust when they do face a pathogen. Hmm. That's exactly right. You know, and I lived out in the country. I, I moved out to the country about three years ago, and it's the greatest thing ever. I let my kids roam. I'm not af uh, afraid. I don't fear disease. And that's kind of the household I grew up in. You know, I grew up in a household where we, you know, my parents said, come home at dark. We, My brothers and I were, uh, we were free to roam. We rode horses. Uh, and, you know, and when I ever got a, when I ever got sick, God forbid, you know, my dad didn't fear disease. He just trusted that the body would heal itself. He gave me zinc and probiotics and I got well. And, you know, that's the key. So many parents today get so afraid and so fearful. They're fear stricken that they just run right to the hospitals. And, you know, they usually send them home with, uh, you know, a medication and say, just go, it'll be fine. Um, and again, you know, one of my mentors said that fear is the fire that fuels the furnace of disease. You know, we just need to trust that our body is capable of, of handling a lot of these sicknesses and illnesses, and it's more capable than we realize. It really is. And never forget what fear is, false evidence appearing real. Just quickly, we've got about a minute and a half left. One of the things you mentioned, all the stresses we're under, the emotional stress, the physical stress, the environmental stresses, the toxic stress, stresses, in addition to lowering testosterone, it elevates the stress hormone why don't you tell people quickly what is the stress hormone and what can they do about it well first of all you know all hormones are on rhythms are on a circadian rhythm especially uh, cortisol levels and so you know i do uh, offer like a stress test through the wellness company basically we test saliva four times a day we're measuring cortisol rhythms cortisol should be high in the morning then taper down and then go low at night you know cortisol stress hormones aren't necessarily bad they're 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 to help but saying like cortisol is bad is kind of like saying food is bad. Well, it can right, be bad. Right, but it's a, yeah, it's it's an overproduction of cortisol that leads to the problems. And I yeah, I'd exactly. love to have you back because my my research my senior year actually was on diurnal rhythms and light cues and in Coternix, Coternix japonica, the Japanese quail. So we've got lots to talk about. Dr. Ben yeah. Tapper, <laughs> follow him on X at Dr. Ben Tapper numeral one and go to TWC dot health that's the wellness company dot health for more information not only on dr ben tapper and his colleagues but also on the things that they offer that can make your life better ben i wish you and your family very happy christmas and look forward to talking to you again next year all right thank you sir thank you that's it for tonight's reckoning on tnt radio stay tuned for the havorie Morit show i'm timothy shea until next time god bless you God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.